So the question is, what is it like to be a digital nomad? And the thing is, I think digital nomad, this term is fairly new. However, this is something that I've actually just always done. This is the only life that I've known. And really, it's because my parents, they are, I guess, quote unquote, digital nomads. I don't know. They started doing this before um, digital was even a thing. So I don't even know if you can say digital nomads. But the thing is, my dad, like we're not gypsies or anything. My dad, he just gets bored and he likes a job hop. So he'll get into a job. He'll start making some salary. He'll see a better salary job. He'll apply to it and he'll just leave. The geography doesn't really matter. And he'll move his entire family of four at the time. And we'll just move from place to place to place, right? So I was actually born in Bangladesh. And we, my, the first five years of my life, I was living between Bangladesh and Kuwait. So my dad, he had a job in Kuwait. Um, even before I was born, actually, my dad was quite the adventurer. So my dad, he left home at a quite young age. I can't really remember the age, but I think he actually left like during his high school years. And he went to go live by himself and go to high school in the city because my grandparents on my dad's side, they lived out in the country. Well, he went to high school in the city. And then afterwards, he got into a really good school. So this school is called Buet. And this is pretty much the MIT of Bangladesh. And it's a really good school. After he graduated from the school, he was able to get a job in Abu Dhabi. And one of the reasons why he was able to do that is because his brother, my uncle, was a diplomat and he was working in Abu Dhabi at the, same, at the time. And he was able to get my dad an engineering project. And this was like my first, um, my dad's first time outside of the country and, and working in Abu Dhabi. And I think it was a pretty cool job because from what he told me, at a fairly young age, he was able to buy himself a Rolex with his first paycheck. Here's the funny thing. The first time that he told me this story, he told me that he took his first paycheck and he gave it to his mom. That's, that was the first time. And then the second time he told me the story, he said he took his first paycheck and he bought a Rolex with it. But the thing is, my dad, he's always traveled. So then he went and did his PhD in Utah. And that's where he brought the entire family along Utah as well. We've lived in Michigan. We lived in, in just like really all over. My dad's worked for NASA as well. So we've always had this digital nomad life. Now with my brothers, they actually continued the tradition. So all of us, we all live in different countries. Um, the middle brother, for example, spent some time in Sweden. Right now he's in Dubai. The youngest one is in Silicon Valley and even spent some time in Barbados. And we actually did our kind of own things. I was in China for a little while. Now I'm in Colombia and I've been just kind of traveling all over. I've been really embracing this digital nomad lifestyle because I'm living a very minimalist life right now. Right. So in terms of a minimalist life, I have a one-bedroom amount of furniture in storage sitting in Houston, Texas, and then everything that I own right now is, it used to be two duffel bags, but I have been kind of accumulating things. Um, my, my experience as a digital nomad is probably quite different from most digital nomads. So I'm going to share my experience of a digital nomad. So I was minimalist. I had two duffel bags, but that has grown. So it was two of my duffel bags and then one duffel bag for Rari, my Pomeranian. And now I have around eight bags. So I travel with all my podcasting gear and things like this. And if I do travel, whenever I go to a new country, I'm always actually inviting um, either a friend or a coworker over, like one of my, my teammates, and they will help me do the move. 
right? So when I was moving from Tulum, Mexico to Colombia, I had someone help me. What I do is I get first class tickets because if you get first class tickets, you can get a lot of luggage and we will just pack all that stuff in there and move everything. So it's like eight pieces of luggage right now and I probably need to whittle it down. Well, what I'm trying to do is I've already described the Nomad Trifecta strategy, I believe. What I'm trying to do now is I'm really trying to find a home. I'm trying to find somewhere that I can start to settle. So it won't be settling in the same way that someone else might settle. This is still settling in a way a digital nomad might settle. The idea that I have right now is I want to have three permanent bases. And I can just travel among each of these three bases. So I'm still traveling, but at least I don't have to carry eight pieces of luggage every single time. So I like Medellin. I think Medellin is going to be one of those places. The only thing that I don't like about Medellin is it's really noisy. I mean, it feels like you're just living in um, the middle of NASCAR because the way the hills are and the highways and all the motorcycles here, all the sound just echoes. And yeah, it's just horrible. Um, so hoping to get away from that, but I think there are places in Medellin where it's a little bit quieter. So I'm in search of that. My digital nomad lifestyle, what I like to do is I actually like to continue to live a very American lifestyle. So all the luxuries that I had in Houston, Texas, I don't like to give them up. So whenever I do go to a brand new city, I actually stay at the most high-end places. And what you're going to find is what most people think is you will be able to save money once you go to a new country, especially if it's a developing country, and you can live a pretty baller life and save money. So that's true in some ways, but it's not true in other ways. Where it's not true is with real estate. Because with real estate, for people that have money in a developing country, they have a lot of money. Most of the money is concentrated in a very small percentage. So if you're trying to live in a very high-end neighborhood or a high-end building, you're going to have to pay because you are going to live among people that have definitely way more money than you have, right? The way that I don't do my digital nomad journeys is I don't live like the locals. Um, I don't do any kind of backpacking. I don't actually hang out with many expats either. A lot of digital nomads like to hang out with expats. I used to do the co-working thing before COVID and that was kind of fun. But now after COVID, I've been pretty much just a homebody and I like everything to come to me. So the benefits of being able to travel to a developing country is you do have cheap access to labor. So in terms of being able to save my focus, not having to figure out how I'm going to feed myself, how I'm going to clean everything, um, you know, how to wash my clothes and all these different things that I don't want to think about. I have cheap access to labor and I have people that are able to do this for me so I can focus my time on growing my company and on generating revenue. So this is how I kind of travel around. And this is my experience as a digital nomad. It's not necessarily the backpacker type life. Um, it's an entrepreneurial type life, right? So you have your high-powered entrepreneurs who are digital nomads. They have companies. For example, I had one on my podcast on Growth Hack Secrets, John Tarantino. He's actually in Medellin with me right now. And we've actually hung out in several different cities together. And these type of entrepreneurs, they have a very different type of lifestyle than a free traveler, for example. So when I say free traveler, you will have these people that will travel around in vans. And the thing is, they probably have a lot of money too. They probably have way more money than you do, but they just got fed up with that 
type of life and now they're looking for something different and they're just seeking something different they're seeking self-actualization so they literally just give up their shoes they live in vans and they travel around and then you'll have people who are just remote workers who will go get an airbnb somewhere and they will go to these co-working places they will actually do all the expat type of activities they will join the meetups and, and things like that so there's a lot of different flavors in terms of how you want to be a digital nomad i really do think that the entrepreneurship flavor is the best flavor because yeah you just have control over your own time and you're probably making pretty good money and if you're living somewhere where you have cheap access to labor like you know you can save a lot of your focus and time and energy into actually building and creating something so yeah, that's my experience as a digital nomad. I hope that helps. If you're thinking about being a digital nomad, let me know. Um, hit me up in the DMs. And yeah, it'll be interesting to hear what you have to say. All right, this is Robin Copernicus. Boom, bam, I'm out. Hey, so if you're a 6 percenter entrepreneur here, four ways that I can help you right now. One, hit that subscribe button and the bell so you can always stay up to date on the latest marketing strategies and tactics from this podcast. Two, find out how much of a natural born entrepreneur you are by taking the visionary quiz at robin.ws forward slash quiz. Three, join the visionaries Facebook group at robin.ws forward slash group. And finally, four, if you want to join the first startup accelerator that helps you skip investor funding, then go ahead and book a call with me at robin.ws forward slash call.